Attention, attention, all personnel, incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. We are back with another episode of MASH Matters. I'm Ryan Patrick alongside my friend, Mr. Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan Patrick. And we are friends. We've been friends for quite some time, haven't we? we yeah. I mean, we've known each other since uh, 1990. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, How about that? But this podcast has, you know, really brought us together. It has. It's it's like a, a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of. I don't really like weddings, though. I don't. I don't enjoy going to weddings. Sometimes the food is good. So today is going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. We had an interview set up, and then that interview fell through mm-hmm. at the last minute, and we weren't really prepared to do anything else. This has happened to us before, and the last time we did it, we just started recording and talked for forty minutes, and I have no idea what we talked about. And we were prepared to do that again today because if we didn't record today, I don't know that we would have had an episode come out today. So what I did like two hours ago on the Facebook page and also the Instagram stories for MASH Matters, we just put out a plea saying, hey, we're not ready. We don't have anything prepared. Obviously, we have a lot of questions and voicemails that have accumulated over the last six years, but we didn't have time to curate those questions and research those questions. This was a spur of the moment thing. We just said, hey, give us questions, topics, make them easy, make them fun, make them silly, whatever. (laughs) Just give them to us. Then I purposely did not read them until we started recording right now. I'm opening up Facebook. I'm opening up Instagram. So Jeff, you and I can experience these questions and these messages together. This is exciting for any of you improvisational freaks out there. This is totally improvisational because we have no idea what's going to happen. and, And we're both kind of in that same ballpark. So we're not challenged by it. Well, we might be challenged by it. We're not afraid of it. Well, slightly nervous. I've seen really good improv. Mm -hmm. I've also seen really bad improv. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what this one is going to be. (laughs) Well, as long as we adhere to our who, what, and where, I think we're going to be okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Those are the secret words, the secret code words of improvisational from Violas Bola. We're not going to read every comment. We have like 60 some odd comments on Facebook and 20 or 30 more on Instagram. Just randomly going to choose some of these and read them. We may have answers. We may not. I have no idea. All right, let's jump in. So I'm just going to scan and stop. How often do you watch? This is from Ryan, uh, not me, but a different Ryan. How often do you watch old episodes? Daily, weekly, monthly, annually, every leap year? (laughs) This is a leap year, you know, so Mm -hmm. I guess it's a good time to watch. Jeff, how often do you watch old episodes of MASH? Uh, Oh, of MASH? You know, um, I would say... Uh, well, I sort of binge every once in a while. I think probably every couple of months I stumble on it uh, on television and I go, oh, hey, that'd be kind of fun. And then I watch a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and then I uh, have gin and I go to bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, every couple of months I, I go in there and take a look. And they're a lot of fun when I see them. And it really brings back a lot of memories. And gee, what was going on that day and what happened that day? And oh, boy, I really like that person. I wasn't crazy about that guest star or whatever it was. So it's a real uh, trip down memory lane for me to watch the episodes. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So how about you? I watch it whenever I can, obviously. I used to watch it a lot more. I used to watch it really pretty much daily. Then I started this podcast about MASH. Since then, I don't think I've watched it as much, which is interesting because most of my time when I'm not working or attempting to sleep, a lot of my time is focused on the podcast. Because of the podcast about MASH, I'm not able to watch MASH as much. Mm-hmm. 
but I try to watch it whenever I can. Obviously, I've watched it many, many, many times throughout the years. And also, when we do these uh, season recaps, I will sit down and watch the entire season that we're going to recap. That is when I watch MASH the most, is when we're preparing for one of those episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, because I normally don't pay much attention to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's maybe sound, not purposely, it just doesn't happen in my life. I got stuff to do. and, And I don't necessarily watch a bunch of television series either. Hmm. So it's not just a personal thing about MASH. It's just kind of my television habits. But it is fun to look back. It really is. And it's, you know, it's surprisingly how many things that I forgot and I see it and go, oh, well, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was really, really cool. So yeah, every couple of months though. Good. All right. I'm going to jump over here to Instagram and get a couple of questions from there. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This one's for Jeff. Apart from pizza night every Friday, did you socialize with any cast members outside of work? That's from uh, Paul, I believe. None of your business, Paul, frankly, uh, looking at it truthfully. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, um, not necessarily um, because you're there with some folks that you really care a lot about, but you're there for, you know, sometimes eight to 12 hours. And after that period of time, you know, you're ready to go home, (laughs) not necessarily hang out with those same people. Yeah. personally didn't. Maybe some of the other folks did, but I personally didn't. Nothing specifically wrong with doing that or that I purposely try not to do that. It just kind of didn't come up in my life. Okay. All right. How many people did you hang out with on the show? Just one, really. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The best one. Well, obviously. Yes. Okay, the Instagram, Instagram. Oh, here's here's one that has nothing to do with MASH. This is from our friend Kieran Jeet. What are your favorite musicians slash bands and what's your best concert experience? Hmm. 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 I have several different singers and musicians and bands I like. My favorite singer is Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. And then my favorite band is a band called The Mavericks. They started in country music, but they're not country. They're kind of their own category. They are amazing. The lead singer, Raul Malo, his voice is heavenly. And if you ever get a chance to see them live in concert, they are amazing. They're one of my favorite concerts to go to as well. Uh, I've seen Billy Joel several times. You know, Billy Joel and Elton John together was a fantastic concert. Wow, must have been. Wow, oh, man. Sorry, I didn't see that. I'm going to actually, I've got tickets to see Billy Joel and Sting later this year. Oh, boy. So those are a few of mine. What about you? You know, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I don't really have a favorite band. You know, when I was growing up, I was very involved in the uh, Rat Pack environment, the Las Vegas Rat Pack. Yeah. So I loved the Las Vegas sound, the big band sound and Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all those guys, that's what I was really involved with. And that kind of music and the the sound of all that really got to me and resonated with me. And that's not necessarily what you hear every day anymore. So of modern folks, I like Billy Joel as well, a lot. But I don't have a favorite band. I I like it if I hear it and I say, hey, that's really entertaining. I really like that. Yeah. I don't have a favorite going on, you know, in my head. Sinatra is one that if I could go back and see live, I would love to see Sinatra. I was fortunate uh, and you would have enjoyed it. Uh, you, you, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to see him. I did. Mm. And he was just as good as you would think he would have been. <laughs> mm. He was amazing. And some of the things that he was doing and he would... He'd move, and if he'd move his shoulder, he'd go, you know, to the music, and women would go, 
<laughs> it was really wild. I'd never seen anything like that. It was like, you know, Elvis Presley dancing with a bunch of teenagers, but he still had it. He sounded great. And, you know, what he could do with lyrics and things, even though his voice at the time wasn't as perfect as it was, mm-hmm. he still sold that song and sold the feeling and sold the soul. Yeah. Fabulous entertainer, incredibly talented, gifted guy, really was. And I'm so grateful that I got this chance to see him. I'm thankful that a few years back, uh, this was probably 2017, 2018, somewhere in there, I did get to see Tony Bennett live. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad I did because of course he passed away last year. The end of that concert still gives me chills when I think about it. This is a big theater. It's called the Fox Theater in St. Louis and it seats, you know, 3000 people. And the last song he did was Fly Me to the Moon, oh. but he did it not just without a band, but without a microphone. He put the microphone down on the piano and sang acapella and you could hear every single note with no amplification except his voice. That song by himself, that's how he closed the show. It was incredible. Wow. Holy moly. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. That is cool. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see Tony Bennett. Yeah, he was a big favorite of mine too. You know? Stunningly brilliant, gifted entertainers, these guys. They really were. Yeah. There was nothing like them. And there was nothing like the sound of their voices. You just, nobody was like them and nobody has since become any of those people that, in terms of my observation. There are good people and very talented singers, but nobody has really elevated themselves to that level of such uniqueness and quality. So I'm still trying, you know, fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. Well, maybe not. See, chills. I'm getting chills just listening to you. (laughs) Could be the the flu. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, back to some questions here. Mike says, for Jeff, what was the most difficult part of working on MASH? Um, Getting up early. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Uh, For me, that was very difficult. I'm not a morning fella. I never was. And so having to get up at uh, 5.30 in the morning, which is not horribly strange for a lot of people in the world to get up at 5.30 in the morning, but for me, it was. So for me, getting up at 5.30 in the morning and having to put myself together and get in the car and drive somewhere, that was uh, that was a little irritating. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So that was the roughest part. Once I got there, though, everybody was friendly. We had a good time and, you know, life was normal. But it was not normal for me to get up at 5.30 in the morning, get in the car and go somewhere. <laughs> it really hmm. wasn't. Sometimes I was going to bed at 5.30, you know. So, yeah. so that was the hardest part. After that, it was really cool. What about now? Are you a morning person now or do you still like to sleep in? Surprisingly enough, I am now a morning person. I am now getting up at 6.30 in the morning and and loving it. So it took a while, but (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Stephanie says, given that this is for the February 15th episode, any fun, fond memories of Valentine's Day shenanigans, activities, flower deliveries, etc. on the set? (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, no. (laughs) Anybody send a stripogram or anything to anybody? Come on. No, and nobody got no stripograms, no nothing. No, I don't recall any of that. I think occasionally there were flowers delivered to some people for, you know, romantic purposes. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that, but I don't remember anything really crazy or really wild that went on for a Valentine's Day. Now, Russell wants to know this. It's a similar question about birthdays. Now, today, when we're recording this is January 28th, which happens to be Alan's birthday, Alan Alda's birthday. Happy birthday, Alan. Mike Farrell's birthday is February 6th. 
He says, did you celebrate birthdays on the set? And if yes, whose and how? Did you do cake? Did you ever have birthday parties for people? I think there were birthday parties. Yeah, there were little birthday parties that were given. Sometimes it was done in the commissary. Uh, so there would be a table reserve and somebody would go there and a few people would go there and say, you know, happy birthday. And there was a cake. Uh, yeah, that happened. But nothing, you know, spectacular, nothing really over the top, just very yeah. casual observances of that particular day. Now, what about divorces? Were those celebrated on the set? A long line of attorneys and a long line of this, you know, <laughs> checks being written. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was a, that was a whole different thing. I mean, the divorce attorney. Day, yeah. <laughs> that was every Wednesday, I think, if I, I recall. All right. This guy, I love this name, Chadley. Uh, well, he doesn't have a question, actually. He just has a statement. Love the podcast. I found it last year and listened while replacing the cattle fence on the property that my grandparents put in, who were also big MASH fans. So that's kind of cool, huh? Chadley replacing a cattle fence and listening to the podcast that his grandparents put in. That's Americana right there, folks. That really is. Wow. That's a, that's a Norman Rockwell painting right there. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, in reference to my video that I posted online, you have a face for radio. Ha ha. Uh, just a joke. I used to work at a radio station and faces never match what they sounded like. I agree. I do have a face for radio and I worked in radio for 15 years. I was paroled about uh, 12 years ago and I uh, haven't looked back, but thank you. That's the reason I got into radio is because I knew what I looked like. No, that's not true. I don't think I don't think that's true. You could do anything. You could be on TV. You could do a lot of the. You know, I respectfully disagree. There's plenty of ugly people on TV. I agree. No, that, that's not true. <laughs> There's no ugliness connected to Ryan Patrick. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm just jumping around. Uh, let's go with this one right here. Brad says, uh, Jeff, will you still be attending conventions in 2024? It would be cool to have a Mash Matters podcast booth set up with Ryan at some of the cons that you are attending. I don't know what we would do at said booth, but yeah, okay. Will you be attending any conventions coming up soon? I believe so. I can't tell you exactly which ones, but I know that there are some that are going to be coming up. So I will probably know that in a couple of weeks. And I actually, I agree. I think it would be fun to be able to do a podcast from there. And I think we should probably, you know, poke around and see if we can't figure that out once uh, we just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the schedule of those conventions. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It would be. People would would enjoy the heck out of seeing you and me there as well. We were together for one convention that was in Indianapolis in 2022. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to make it to another convention that that you're making an appearance at, but we'll see. And when we do have confirmation on any of these convention appearances, we will uh, definitely make that uh, available for everybody to know on our social media pages. All right. Anne wants to know what's the best food or drink for a cold winter day. Hmm. First of all, we need to preface that you live in Southern California. What is a cold winter day to someone living in, in Southern California? What is that? I really am not sure. I don't know what a cold winter day means. Is there? Can you explain that? I am not sure what that. What, what is the coldest it gets out there for you? Oh my gosh, we're maybe seventy-one, oh. and we're in trouble at seventy-one oh degrees. Oh my gosh, people are wearing parkas, yeah. aren't they? Scarves and everything. Oh, yeah, God. it's a whole. The wind is blowing, and whew, we're in trouble. Seventy-one. <laughs> no, it, you know, hey, it's California and Los Angeles, and my wife and I were just 
just talking about this the other day. We're living in the best possible weather conditions in the world. <laughs> we really are. We don't have the big torrential floods. We don't have terrible hurricanes or tornadoes. Yeah, in California, there are some issues about earthquakes, but they don't happen every day. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of prepared for it. So I, we're very grateful that we live in such a wonderfully passive weather environment. And uh, I'm sorry for all the people that live in places that they have to, you know, be concerned when it starts really raining and pouring and yikes and cold, you know, every, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 days out of the year, it gets real cold. And that's about it. You, however, you have a whole different story. Yes. Now, I live in southern Illinois. We do not get the same amount of cold and snow and ice that they get like up in the northern part of Illinois. They will get a couple of feet of snow sometimes, and we don't have to deal with that. It has been cold, though, as of late. And actually, this coming week, it's going to be nice. But the last few weeks here have been very cold. Uh, We've had... Yeah. So a listener just alerted me to something that I was not aware of. Oh. Brian says, not a question, just a rest in peace for actor Pat McNamara, who played Gentleman Joe Cavanaugh, the boxer who came to visit the 4077th, who also Father Mulcahy looked up to. He passed away on January 5th. Oh. And I was not aware of that. Rest in peace, Gentleman Joe. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Even when I Googled his name, I had to really search for the obituary. Like Brian said, his death got no attention whatsoever. And you're right. I did not see anything about this. So thank you for letting us know about that. Yeah. So let's move on here. This is from our friend Megan. What unpopular opinions do you guys have? Do you have any non-offensive hot takes? <laughs> she is reminded around Christmas on my Facebook page, I posted an unpopular Christmas opinion of my own, which is that I thought that the Muppet Christmas Carol was just okay. You would have thought I kicked somebody's puppy. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Any unpopular opinions that you have, like something that is popular in the world that you're just like, eh, is there anything that comes to mind, Jeff? Uh, Let's take some people off. What do you say? Yeah. How much time have we got? Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Well, uh, this goes back to a question we talked about just a few minutes ago. I have a little um, eh, kind of a feeling about a lot of musicians and a lot of the popular music today. I kind of go, eh, and maybe it's my um, arrogance about guys like Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Lena Horne and those people who were singers from the from the guts. And I look at the stuff today and I'm kind of going, eh, I don't know. Eh. And that probably happens with most of the very, very popular singers that I see. And sometimes when they come on TV shows and I go, eh, come on, give me a break. Why are they so famous? I don't get it. <laughs> And, you know, quite frankly, the most famous woman right now singer in the world. And who would that be? You're not about to slander Taylor Swift, are you? I, I won't slander her, okay, but I kind of go. Swifties will come after you. I know they are. They will come <laughs> after you and it will be relentless. <laughs> Carefully <laughs> choose your words here, Maxwell. Now I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. Uh, you know, she's a sweet woman and uh, certainly a wonderfully talented individual. Mm-hmm. I just don't mm-hmm. kind of get careful, careful, the fervor. Careful. I, I, again, I admire her ability to get up on the stage and sing words and mm-hmm. dance around. And she certainly does it very well. And she's a very talented person. Like I say, again, I just don't get the absolute fervor, the passion about her. If I asked people who are in the music business, say, Why, what's happening? And they say, well, she writes lyrics that really resonate and touch people. 
Mm-hmm. That's why she is so popular. So mm-hmm. I go, okay, her lyrics don't necessarily touch me. So I can't address that. But I, I just kind of go, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, you are not in her demographic. That is true. No, no. Now, I will also say that you were not a big fan of Elvis Presley either uh, until you watched John Scheinfeld's documentary about him. Then you gained a new appreciation for him. I did. Yes, I did. So maybe you need to watch a Taylor Swift documentary to gain a new appreciation for her, is all I'm saying. <laughs> do I have to? I mean, is it really do I have something? You just triggered yeah. so many people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We don't get political on this podcast. No, we This don't. right here, this is probably the most divisive yeah. topic we have ever, ever broached here on this podcast. Oh, Uh-oh. my gosh. Oh, gosh. What have you done? <sighs> well, you know what? I'm going to tick off some more people. All right. Go. Go for it. So I love musical theater. I love theater. And there's one show in particular that people love. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why they have so much love for it. It's Wicked. Okay. (laughs) I saw Wicked several years back, and I was excited to see it because there's the buzz about it was so big. It's you know it's the best thing you've ever seen on stage, and I walked out of there going, "Eh." yeah, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And you know I thought, okay, there's a few good songs, but overall I just found it to be pretty boring. Huh. Wow. Wicked. I had the opportunity to see it then a few years later on Broadway, and I thought maybe seeing the Broadway production would change my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say it didn't. (laughs) It did not change my opinion one iota. I think it is uh, just overrated. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's my opinion. Uh, Let's see. We've ticked off the Swifties, and we've ticked off all the uh, the Wicked fans out there. You know, I think there's been a rumor that Taylor Swift is going to star in a new production of Wicked. So now that's, see, you should I mean, I've heard. I don't know. I'm just I'm there, There's a film version of Wicked coming out. Okay. And they've added some things to it. In fact, they've I guess they've added so much to it that they're splitting it into two different films. So there's a part one and a part two. So for somebody like me Mm -hmm. who didn't like it as one entity, I'm certainly not going to go see it now. Just more of wicked to dislike. Uh, No, no, no. I mean, maybe someday I'll hate watch it or something, but I have no desire to go buy a ticket. Who was the, who were the stars when you saw it on Broadway? It wasn't like the original stars. I can't, I couldn't tell you who they were. Okay. Okay. Because I just didn't care. Yeah. I sat there the whole time thinking, why am I sitting and watching this on Broadway then when there are so many other shows on Broadway that I could be seeing right now that are yeah. good? Wow. Okay. Gee, Taylor Swift and Wicked fans are coming for us. <laughs> Our listenership is going to take a hit. Yeah. Time. <laughs> oh. you know, hey, sorry, not sorry. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we start talking about Trump and Biden then? Hey, we oh, no. Save ourselves. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. Okay, let's see here. I'm just scrolling and... Jeff, would you be interested in a spinoff series about Igor's life after MASH? Absolutely. Please get on that. (laughs) Anybody... That question from uh, Bill, by the way. Thank you, Bill. Bill, you have a great idea there. Let's let's go to the mats there. I think that's a great idea. I think you should write to every network, uh, Hulu, Zulu, Bulu, all those streamers, and say, hey... (laughs) This would be good. How about this wacky, kooky character of Private Igor Stominsky on MASH? Let's give him a spinoff. I'm ready when you are. Zulu, Hulu, Bulu. Mulu and uh, <laughs> Moomoo. Yeah, we'll stream it on Moomoo. <laughs> Bobby wants to know, when did Jeff learn that the series would end and what was his reaction? 
uh, no, please, no. That was my reaction. <laughs> I think people knew about, you know, probably a year before it happened that, you know, this was about it. I, I Personally, I don't think it was a bad idea. I, you know, after a while, you get a redoing of the same stories, and whether it's by accident or on purpose. And, yeah. you know, you kind of run out. That thing ran for 11 years and went through, a, chewed up a lot of information and a lot of history and a lot of stories. So after a while, it's kind of saying, okay, we get it. We've done it. You know, what, what more can we do or say that would be productive? Or uh, or entertaining, and so I think it was w- wise time for for the show to end. Quite frankly, go out on top. Go out on top. Yeah, I mean, there were disagreements. Some people wanted to continue for another year or two. Mm-hmm. Had it continued for another year or two, certainly I, it was a paycheck, and I loved being there and loved acting on the show. But in terms of the health of the show, I think uh, it was a wise time to go personally. I think so too. And of course, there were people who would have liked to have seen it go on. Those folks went and did Aftermash. Harry Morgan and Jamie Farr and William Christopher. Yeah. Eddie asked a question about that. He says, what are y'all's thoughts on Aftermash? I know we've shared some of these thoughts uh, throughout the course of MASH Matters, but for me, I think it was an interesting idea that was not well executed. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of exploring the stories of these soldiers once they are back from this experience. They've been through hell on earth, and then they come back to their quote-unquote normal life, and they experience a lot of issues. And I think it would have been more interesting to see them explore that without a laugh track and without Wacky Klinger. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been executed better. Instead of a half-hour series, maybe go the route of like Lou Grant or Trapper John M.D. and make it an hour-long drama and really get into the meat of these soldiers and their stories coping with life after the war. Did you have any feelings on it? I wasn't a big fan. I didn't think it was going to work. (laughs) Uh, I love all the people who are in it, Mm -hmm. and I was hopeful for them. But I saw one and I went, "Mm -mm." yeah, Uh, you know, from going from what MASH was to that show uh, was sort of painful. And it was uh, not because of having to do with the acting at all. And Larry Gelbart was part and parcel of creating it and writing it. So yeah, that's a genius guy and all the other genius actors on it. But for some reason, it just didn't work. Right. It just didn't work. So it was kind of uncomfortable. And I kind of went, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, people got it and they had a couple of good years. Of yeah, they did acting. two seasons. Yeah. Two seasons. But yeah, it just didn't work. Wasn't my fault, though. I didn't do it. <laughs> that's true. Igor wasn't on it. But yeah. had Igor been on it, let's talk a different story, folks. Uh-huh. There you go. Maybe two and a half years it would have run. That's part of the spinoff series that we're going to stream on Moomoo. With Bill. Marie, our friend Marie, wants to know, what other shows do you think matches MASH's excellent when it comes to the cast and writing? Well, you can make an argument probably for quite a few series, but for me, you look at series from that era that have stood the test of time, like the Mary Tyler Moore show, Cheers. You can even put Frasier into that category because it was a lot of the same people who were working on both series. The West Wing is a great example of fantastic writing and perfect casting. Jeff, do any spring to mind for you? Uh, I agree. In terms of comedy shows, Frasier has to be it for me. Uh, When I watch those guys do what they did, I think they did it with the same brilliance that the actors on MASH did it. I love the show. I still laugh at it. I think they did it beautifully. I think everything was executed so perfectly, and I, I still watch it a lot. 
I watch almost every night. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I my wife loves the show and she watches it every night. So I kind of have to watch it <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not, but it's it's kind of a go to bed kind of good feeling. It helps you go to sleep kind of idea and it puts you in a good mood. So Frasier, brilliant show. In terms of dramatic shows, I think The Sopranos has got to you know sit up there amongst the best. Oh yeah. I mean you, that thing just was really 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 well done that's a series that i watched when it was airing for the first time i have not gone back to revisit it and i need to i feel like that's one that i need to go back and do a rewatch and interesting you say that because i i actually did that and it was just as good (laughs) yeah it really is yeah it's just as good okay and then of course my mother the car we can't forget it. well we can't no that goes without saying Okay, so my friend Rob, he wants to know, he has, he has questions for both of us. Uh, I'll, I'll read yours first. He says, we all have bad days. Some are better at hiding it from the rest of the world than others. Were there any actors on MASH that never had a bad day, never lost their cool, never snapped at someone on the set? Uh, me? <laughs> I never lost my cool. I never snapped at anybody. I had a great time. I was happy as a clam. Good. No, you know, I don't remember anybody doing that really. Probably sometimes you're you're spending, like I said, eight to 12 hours a day with people. Every once in a while, you're going to go, eh, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen. But nobody ever snapped or went nuts, really. So these were, you know, these were really grown up people who, uh, acted like adults. Sometimes there were little weird things. As, like I say, with any family that's together all day long for 11 years, there's going to be something go on. But there was never any big blow up anywhere that at least I ever saw. So my thought, yeah. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could, I wish you could you know, you spread some dirt, you know. But someday, someday, I just want to hear yeah. some good dirt. <laughs> He goes on to ask me a question. Rob says, if you could spin off this podcast about a sitcom co-hosted by a former cast member into another podcast about a sitcom co-hosted by a former cast member of said sitcom, what would be your new podcast and who would you want as your co-host? What? (laughs) What did he say? What was that question? I know, right? Uh, I don't know what the guy said. If I could do another podcast about another show and I could co-host it with a star from that sitcom, what would I want it to be? Oh, yeah. Okay. I am going to bend the rules here because he did not say this person living or dead. He didn't. Obviously, you know, living would be helpful. But if I could do a podcast about Jack Benny ah. and co-host it with somebody from the Jack Benny show, yeah, that would be a dream come true. Ah. Sadly, all of them have passed on, but that would have been a dream. Well. I see what you did there. Yeah, you see. <laughs> it, t- it took a while. It wasn't the greatest, but <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, Jack Benny, yeah. What a fabulous, talented human being. Good grief. Yeah. I would do it with Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., (laughs) and Dean Martin. Oh, boy. (laughs) Those are my guys. Your liver would not survive that podcast. (laughs) It wouldn't. (laughs) That would be kind of a fun podcast for me. But there is nothing more fun and nothing better than this podcast that I do with you and you do with me called MASH Matters. That is the podcast of all podcasts, in my humble opinion. Thank you very much. I would agree. Thank you. (laughs) 
Michael wants to know, Jeff, is yes. there one piece of the MASH set that you wish you could have taken? <laughs> also, I'd love to hear about any practical jokes that were played off camera. Oh, gosh, there's so many practical joke stories that I was not a part of, and I'm sorry that I can't share them. I know that Mike Farrell was a big practical joker, and so was David Ogden Stiers. Mm-hmm. And some of them have been made public. Uh, a lot of silly, funny things happen on the way to the set when, you know, hiding somebody's shoe or boot or script or something like that. A lot of that stuff went on daily. But unfortunately, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I can't go into any great practical jokes because I didn't do them and they weren't done on me. So sadly, I can't share them. So there was nothing ever like hidden in your steam table or anything that you were expecting? <laughs> No, it, nobody had wanted to go in there at all <laughs> to do anything. Right. They, they ran from that steam table. <laughs> you know, some of the time, the steam table, just for the heck of it, I'll just go into this. They they slop that stuff up to make it really sloppy. So they would pour some oatmeal or something in there, and then they would pour a lot of water and stuff in to make it even sloppier so that when I splattered it, it would really splatter all over the place. But anyway, uh, what was the other part of that question? Uh, was if there another... was one piece of the mash set that you wish you could have taken, what would it be? Uh, more dialogue, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I would have taken more dialogue. Uh, no, you know, I don't think I was. I, I took my, my I, I had two caps that I took mm-hmm. and I took my pants and my green shirt. That's what I took. So I was very happy with that. I didn't care about the rest of the place. <laughs> it was all dirty and smelly. And Let it burn. Let it burn. There were rats running around. Who cared? I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Michael wants to know, how was craft services on the set? <laughs> craft services were great. There was a fellow whose name I all of a sudden can't remember. Oh, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to him. He was the kind of the craft services guy. And every morning he would stock the craft services area. This was a little table kind of in the corner of the room and it had coffee. And then there would be donuts and cookies and various food items there that you could walk up and just grab and eat and have a good time. So it was very good. We all had good stuff. There were certain problems with the craft services because there was a production manager from 20th Century Fox that didn't like that they were spending so much money on cookies or something. (laughs) So people of the cast sort of started throwing in money to help boost the edibility of the craft services. But it was pretty good. I never had a problem. I just ate all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here's one. It's not a question, but I like uh, Patrick says when Hawkeye takes a photo and has everyone take two steps to the left, I still do that bit today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our friend Dan Harrison. Oh, I think this is more towards me. This first one. Uh, have you talked about how you fell in love with mash and what drove your interest in collecting? And do you have highlights of your collection mash and non mash? I think I have talked about it through the, you know, just my love of mash that it was just always on. My mom watched the show a lot and I watched it with her early on. I didn't really like it, but then as I got a little bit older, I started enjoying it and cried my eyes out when the finale happened and then revisited in high school and college and really got into it, taped all the episodes on my VHS tapes and on the VCR and had them all. And just, it's just resonated with me, you know, from a comedy standpoint, from an acting standpoint, and just from a human standpoint, it checks all the boxes for me. 
my interest in collecting, I collect autographs and I've collected autographs since I was in junior high. You know, not everybody is into autographs and some people don't understand the appeal of autographs. I have always been fascinated with show business and actors and actresses and the people who create these things. And an autograph is just having a connection with these people who I appreciate and enjoy. And I, I, I love their work. Mm-hmm. And I also collect a lot of MASH stuff. I keep adding to my MASH collection. I don't have anywhere to put the stuff that I'm adding to my MASH collection, but I keep adding to it. I have more things coming as we speak. I think what I need to do someday is take some pictures or do a video to share on our social media page of just some of the stuff that's in my collection and let people see it. They can tell me if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jeff, he asks, uh, and I think we have talked about this, but you can give the Reader's Digest version. How does Jeff Maxwell go from Garrett and Maxwell to being an extra on the show and then being, of course, a recurring character? Well, uh, I think the story is in my book, Secrets of the Mash, Master Lost Recipes of oh, Private Igor. Good <laughs> The 50th anniversary. Good, good promotion. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's in there. I think that story is in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'll give you the quick thumbnail. My comedy team sort of uh, retired after about seven or eight years together, and I was sort of depressed. And a casting director fella that I worked with at 20th Century Fox when I was in the casting department said, hey, why don't you be an actor? Go be an actor. And I said, nah, I don't like actors. Nah, I don't want to be an actor. He said, well, there's this show called MASH, and it's about to be canceled. We'll just stick you on there and just see whether you like it or not, see if you like acting and stuff. And I said, yeah, I don't know. And again, going back to getting up at 6.30 in the morning or having to be somewhere at 6.30 in the morning, I had to get up at about 5 in the morning to be at the ranch, the Fox Ranch, at 6.30 in the morning, which I wasn't happy about. And I got there, and I was an extra. I got into, I was in, out at the ranch. It was freezing cold, and I hated it. And they stuck me in these, this green uniform, and I hated it. And I didn't like anything about it. Kelly Nakahara was there. I did like her, and I liked Roy Goldman, and I, and I started fooling around just being the wacky, kooky guy I was, and we struck up a friendship and had a good time, and I said, hey, I'm not coming back, so nice meeting you guys, and Kelly said, nah, you really should. Don't, don't go away so fast. This is kind of a good place for you, and I said, I don't know. I don't know. Kelly, come on. Give me a break, so I did. <laughs> yeah. Then that was a nine-year career there. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. And later on, they realized that I wasn't, and I'm not dismissing background artists or extras. I'm not dismissing their value because they're incredibly valuable to the scene and the environment of MASH. Mm -hmm. I had higher expectations for myself, and I let that be known to as many people on the show as I could after I became familiar with how to be on a television set and how to be in a television series environment. And as soon as I did, I started getting uh, real snarly about it (laughs) 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 and made sure that they uh, were very aware that I wanted more and uh, they heard it. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's what I did. Literally, you got the grease. You got the grease. I got the grease. You got the cream. (laughs) Yeah, cream, the grease, everything. Felicity asks, uh, hey, wondering if you two are planning another trip to the ranch anytime soon. Um, Uh, No. I mean, not (laughs) planning. Would I go back out to the ranch? Absolutely. It's a much longer drive for me than it is for Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, At some point, yes, I would love to go back out. And I want to go back out where I can take more of it in. I don't feel like I really did that when we were out there for the 50th. We were so focused on recording the podcast out there and meeting with people and, you know, chatting with them. I really feel like I didn't wander around and, and look at it, everything. And, and granted, it's not a very big place, that, that area, but mm-hmm. I really didn't do that. 
while I was there. And I, I, I wish I would have. I don't know why I didn't. I just think I was so focused on the podcast that day that I, I didn't truly appreciate the fact that I was there as, as much as I should have. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same uh, as you do. But I mean, we were there to do that. And there were a lot of people there. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, I, it was I great. loved it. Yeah. People who came out were fantastic and we had a great time. I just didn't feel like I really got to see it. Yeah, well, you should go back. You should go back. I'd love to go back with you and just wander around there. It would be fun. It really would be. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, you know, we were talking with a lot of folks and we were busy and it it was kind of frustrating because neither of us could kind of wander around as we felt like it because there was a lot of stuff going on, which was was a lot of fun. But yeah, you should take whatever you can, whenever you can, come on back and we'll go out there and we'll wander around all day long. All right. I'm on my way. Okay. All right. Hey, this kind of flew by and I really didn't know what to expect with this, but this was kind of fun. There were still more questions that we didn't get to. There there was one question, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he he referenced that he had sent us a question about something. And I, I wanna I just wanna address something real quick. We get so many emails. I've mentioned that before. We get a lot of emails and Facebook messages. If we do not respond to those messages, it does not mean that we haven't read them, and it doesn't mean that we will not someday respond to them. But if you send us an email or you send us a a message through any of our social media channels, don't expect a response necessarily in the form of me or, or Jeff typing out a response and sending it back to you. Every now and then we do because they're specific questions and they're timely. But if it's just a general question for the show, we typically don't respond to those messages. We save them for the podcast. Some of those questions require a lot more research than others. Some require trying to find people who know the answers so we can have them on the show and we can ask them these questions. I just say that because every now and then we'll get somebody sending a follow-up email or two or three follow-up emails saying, hey, just want to make sure you saw my email. We see it. We've read it. And hopefully we'll get to it. I can't make a promise that we're going to get to everybody's, but we will get to as many as we can. Just know that we do see them. We read them. And we're thankful for everybody who does send us questions and nice notes. And please, you can keep them coming. Matchmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Just know that if you don't get a response for us, don't take it personally. Yep. I'm going to get off the soapbox now. <laughs> that was a very, very nicely done, however. Very nicely done. Yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed uh, just kind of hanging out and talking and talking like, you know, hey, we got nothing to talk about, but here's what we can talk about. From now on, we don't have to plan anything. I can't handle that. You know, I think you were more excited about the whole improv part of this than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, we didn't know until a few hours ago that we would even be doing this. So thank you to everybody who at the last second gave us some great questions and comments and helped us to uh, fill this episode so that we can make sure you had this episode. Yeah. And, you know, really without everybody out there and without you, we can't do this thing and nobody will care. Yeah, (laughs) So thank you very much for showing up and thank you very much for sending the questions. They're a lot of fun. And if we had four, we should do a four hour podcast and then we'll do another three hours worth of that. Uh, We'll answer as many more questions as we can. But thank you everybody for asking the questions. It's always heartwarming. And uh, after all these years to have MASH as popular as it still is and get the kind of questions and feedback that we get all the time from all of you. Uh, It is, again, heartwarming. We thank you. We're just honored to be a part of it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, here's looking up your old address. 